Greetings and aloha, everyone. Ronnie Landis here. Welcome to another edition of the Holistic Human Optimization Show. I am so excited and so ready for this episode because this episode kicks off the start of our five series compilation of solo episodes that I am doing deep, deep dives, deep investigative research, deep exploration and excavation of what I believe to be the most important topics surrounding holistic health and uh, synthesizing that and bringing that and also bringing my direct experience coupled with the scientific research coupled with all the clinical research, everything that I've really been exposed to in the last 10 years, not not everything, there's a lot of things I've been exposed to that I can't really talk about or that may not be relevant, but I'm bringing together the foundation that will be very, very powerful for people, extremely instrumental in helping you upgrade, elevate, and evolve your own sense of wellness in your body, in your mind, in your heart, in your life. So our first episode is Living Foods 101. Living Foods 101. This is the most appropriate place for someone like me to start because um, this is the place that I really got started. You know, this is... um, This is really the foundation of everything, I believe, and we right now live in a very interesting health, food, dietary culture that seems to me to be very, very confused, very confused about what do we eat, how do we eat, how much do we eat, how many calories do we need, how many macronutrient ratios protein, carbohydrates, fats, minerals, trace minerals, probiotics, what kind of probiotics, enzymes, what kind of enzymes, etc., etc. It is absolutely convoluted at this point. And I got into this about 11 or 12 years ago now. And it it was convoluted then. It was crazy then. But now it's taken on a whole nother a whole nother degree of convolution simply because of the internet and because of social media and because of the fact that anybody can become their own armchair expert um, without actually having to really live it and without having to really do the the real due diligence and research and clinical experience that you know that you would have to to be considered an expert to be considered a thought leader of any kind. And so without going on that little bit of a tangential, because that is something that I would really like to just kind of bring to bear for people is to understand that most of the people out there talking about things, although they may have experience in the thing they're talking about, typically I find with all these dietary ideologies, all these flag banner raising diet ideas in terms of like, okay, it's the keto diet. Oh, it's it's the vegan keto. It's the paleo keto. It's carnivorism. It's fruitarianism. It's raw food. It's 80-10-10. It's, it's high fat, low carbohydrate, high carbohydrate, low fat, salt, no salt, oil, no oil, vegan, vegetarian, etc., etc. We can get in some real trouble 
when we don't understand all the moving pieces and when one person is espousing a particular dietary idea but they don't understand the counter arguments, they don't understand the holes in their own bias, they don't understand the challenges within their own preferred dietary preference. For example, I promote living foods. I know all of the ins and outs of this subject. I know all of the subdivisions of living foods. I know all of the different researchers and leading thought leaders. I literally know most of the leading thought leaders, and I certainly know of most of the other ones because I've, I've been living this and I've been studying it. I've been immersed and obsessed with it um, for you know over a decade and uh, devoted my life to this. And I also know the holes in it. I know the challenges with it. So this is what I want to talk to you today. There's no, in this conversation, I don't have any notes. I don't have any, any structure. I am just coming to you completely bare from my own experience, my own knowledge, and things that I think are absolutely critical for all of us to keep in mind. Because no matter what kind of dietary preference that you subscribe to and that you want to carry out into your life, we have to have the foundation. And most of these dietary ideas are lacking the right foundation. So that's where the living food philosophy really comes into play. And where do we start with this? Where do I start with this? Well, let, let me start here. What, what is living foods? What, what do I mean when I talk about living food? Well, first of all, I'm talking about raw, unprocessed, unheat-treated, original, authentic food in its most original state. The state in which that it has been picked from its, its substrate, from the soil or the tree, right? Um, and there's, there's, all, there's nuances to that too, because then we get into, we get into hybridized bread food. We get into heirloom food. Um, we get into feral food. We get into wild food. Now, these are all different divisions of the quality of plant foods that we can procure from either our immediate environment or from other environments, aka foraging, um, or that maybe we're able to find in some sort of package or we're able to find in a grocery store depending on the quality of the health food store and their sourcing process. These are all different ideas. We're not going to go into the total complexity. We're going to distill the most important things because we have a long educational series to go with this. So I don't want to take too much time and throw too much at you in this conversation. Like I said, I don't have any notes. So let me find out where to start. The best place to start is to talk about what living foods is. First of all, the difference between raw food and living food is important. Raw food is the general idea, the general umbrella when we talk about plant-based food or even animal foods that have not been heat treated. Um, from an animal food perspective, let's take dairy. Raw dairy would mean um, milk or butter or cheese products that have not been pasteurized, they have not been homogenized, meaning the homogenization process means that you're mixing the byproducts uh, from multiple, multiple different cows in this particular example, and then you're creating milk or you're creating cheese or whatever the thing is. There's a great website called notmilk.com. I came across that about 10 years ago. 
notmilk.com. That will give you all the education you need on dairy products. Then and then you know, not, there's a whole there's a whole thing with that raw dairy versus which is versus heat treated, pasteurized, homogenized, antibioticized, hormonally injected dairy products. We're not going to go into that. We're just going to make the simple distinction. What I'm talking about is not even animal products at all. I'm talking about plant-based products. I'm talking about fruits and vegetables, the foundation, the basis of everything. Then we get into sprouted nuts and seeds. Then we get into fermented foods, fermented vegetables, fermented root vegetables. Um, Very, very important. That is going to be the main source for your probiotics and for fermented vitamins and nutrients such as vitamin C and others that are not locked up in the cellulose fiber that may be a challenge for some people digestively that can't break down the roughage in the fiber, the cellulose in certain raw plant foods, particularly um, in certain vegetables. So fermented foods actually aid in that tremendously. Then you have sprouts. Sprouts are, this is really what we, when we're getting to living foods, when we talk about fermented foods and sprouts, sprout juice, sprouted flour, sprouted uh, seeds, sprouted grains, sprouted grasses, this kind of thing, then that's when we talk about living food. So raw food, just to finish that point, raw food is food that's unheat treated. But that doesn't necessarily categorize it as a living food because it may not be concentrated with life force. When I say life force, I'm primarily talking about the biophoton concentration in that life force. We call that chlorophyll. And what plants do through a process called photosynthesis is they concentrate the photons that come from the sun – the energy that comes from the sun, they concentrate that, and then that also turns into chlorophyll. Chlorophyll is the plant blood. Now, chlorophyll is one of the most important things when we're looking at living foods and what we want to derive, what the benefit from taking green juices or grass juices or green powdered superfoods or green grass powders or vegetables in general, very green pigmented vegetables in particular, is the chlorophyll content. Chlorophyll rebuilds your blood. It detoxes your blood, it deodorizes your blood, it cleans the blood, it cleans the lymph system, it actually can rebuild you from the inside out. One of the things with chlorophyll that's so important is that the central molecule in chlorophyll is called magnesium. The central molecule in our blood, otherwise known as hemoglobin, is called iron. They're interchangeable when you take the chlorophyll-rich plants or chlorophyll concentrated concentration of chlorophyll itself. You take that into the body, and then you start to rebuild your blood. And your blood and a plant's blood are almost identical except for the iron in our blood and the magnesium in the plant's blood. That is living food, food that has life force in it, right?
And then you're also taking the concentrated sunlight, otherwise known as photons. You're bringing that into your body because like the great theoretical physicist Fritz Albert Pott discovered, I think it was in the 60s or the 70s, that our cells, human cells, are running on something called biophotons. Biophotons. Biological photon energy. Similar to the sun, but our cells actually have these biophotons, and this is really where life force comes from. When we say that we are human light beings, we are biophotonic beings, right? So th this is just very, very important, and this is the kind of information that I was exposed to when I first got into all of this. Um, when I first got into this about 11, 12 years ago, I'm thinking the year of 2008 is when I really had my first real awakening and I started getting into all this kind of thing. Nowadays, you get on the internet, you get on YouTube, you look up raw food, you're going to get everything thrown at you and quite honestly, a lot of the stuff that I see is just kind of goobity gop. It's just like um, a lot of it is is people in their early 20s um, that are espousing a hyper-vegan message, which is okay, but it takes out of context the reality of what Living Foods originally was. And most of these people don't actually know the history of Living Foods. They don't know the pioneers of the Living Food movement, and they don't know really where this came from. So they're espousing ideas such as fruitarianism, for example, that was an idea that was you know, largely brought out by Herbert Shelton in the natural hygiene movement and, and um I, you know, you could say it was much earlier than that. And if it was much earlier than that, the argument that I would say is that the fruit available to us now to quote, um, or basically to, for Dr. Clement, Dr. Brian Clement's point, Dr. Brian Clement is the lead, um, the lead doctor and facilitator at the Hippocrates Institute in Florida, which is one of the most important healing institutes in the world. I've, I've had a conversation on my podcast with Dr. Brian Clement. We have this conversation that I'm bringing up right now. And to his point, the majority of the fruit that we have available to us in stores in, in North America and really worldwide in Europe in particular as well is very demineralized. It has an excess of sugar and it's bred and hybridized particularly to increase the sugar content and it has a lower content of minerals and trace minerals than you would find in its original heirloom form. And I could go deeper into that. I'm not going to, but that's important to point out. Um, and so you have a lot of people that are that are just talking nonsense and they're just saying like, oh, just get on high fruit, high fruit, high fruit. Well, that may not be appropriate for that person's metabolism. That person may actually need a lot more chlorophyll. They may need more grain, vegetable type of matter. They may need a different approach. And putting that hyper acceleration of sugar without the mineral content can actually accelerate the aging process. It's, it's this thing that I've seen 
many, many times. And it can also be very, very beneficial in the short term because there is that idea of concentrated sunlight. So it can be vitalizing, it can be invigorating, um, and it can also be cleansing. So it can be helpful, but we don't want to confuse short-term benefit for long-term sustainability, which is a topic that we will talk about um, as we progress forward here. Okay, so moving forward, let's talk about some of the history of raw living foods because I mentioned that I want, I want you to get a real good education, a real good understanding of some of the ideas and the scientific basis that I was personally exposed to when I first got into this. Um, there's a number of things that really intrigued me about the raw living foods movement. Um, first of all, when I got into it, it was an absolute blessing. It was a godsend for me because I was transitioning from my athletic career and I had accrued two major knee injuries in my journey. I had a torn at the age of 18, I had torn my MCL on my right knee. And then at the age of 22, 21, 22, I had torn my ACL and a piece of my cartilage on my left knee. So needless to say, I was, uh, I was in a bit of a pickle, so to speak. I was, a bit in, I was in a bit of a, a challenge situation. And I was doing all the rehabilitation. I was doing the corrective exercise therapy. And uh, that was very, very important. That was very powerful for the healing process. But there was still about 20% that I knew wasn't healed. And I wasn't sure if it ever could be healed. And I was on more, moving towards more of an organic-ish animal base. I guess what you would probably call like a lower quality paleo diet now. I was moving in that direction. And uh, then I actually stumbled on YouTube when YouTube was really just getting going. And I stumbled on a video about raw food. I can't remember exactly who it was. Um, if it was, I think it might have been David Wolf or maybe it was Gabriel Cousins at the time, one of them. And something just went off in my mind, a light switch turned on. And I became obsessed. I became. I went on YouTube University. I was just watching every single thing I could um, and just started applying it. I literally showed up at work the next couple days after going to the health food store and just buying up every single vegetable, cucumber, celery, um, parsley, cilantro, different forms of lettuce, buying up tons of fruit from the market. Um, and then I had a mini little magic bullet blender and I would sneak off into my office because, you know, I didn't want to go into the lunchroom because I didn't want to look kind of like a weirdo. And I went off into my little office that I had in this little area. I locked the door and I would just blend up these green drinks. I mean, I didn't even know what I was doing. I would just throw these things in a blender and just blend it all up. And that's literally how I got started in all of this. And it accelerated very quickly because I had the insight that this was going to be a very, very important piece of my journey. This was going to be critically important for the next phase of my life. So I just went all in head first and immersed myself. And as I learned about the whole lifestyle and how to apply it, Basically, what I ended up doing was I got on green vegetable juicing every day. 
I had one or two. I think then I had at least two, maybe sometimes three green leafy salads every single day. I had at least one or two smoothies every day. And then I got off all animal products. And I also got off all cooked food. And the way that this happened was I asked myself a very important question. I said to myself, what would happen if you went 30 days on a 100% raw vegan diet? That was the question I asked myself. I didn't know the answer. I was seeing all these amazing stories of healing and revival, transformation, people literally changing their life seemingly overnight. And I just asked myself that question and then I just dove in. And what's very interesting about the way that that question was phrased and the answer that came back was 30 days after my raw food experimentation, I didn't, I didn't get off it either. I kind of just got so deep in it that I forgot that I, was, I had any kind of like time parameter. I, w- I just was living it at this point. And I also simultaneously got into barefoot education. So I started getting out of the shoe and I read a book by Christopher McDougall called Born to Run. And I learned about the, the cast otherwise known as a shoe, and how that actually throws off our entire anatomical structure and that throws off the articulation of our feet. Therefore, there's certain muscles in our foot that don't get expressed and they become weak and we basically almost become crippled over time. Um, And I started getting out of the shoe. I found myself getting into the park I would walk up hills while going to the park. I would spend all day there. I would meditate. I would eat fruit. (laughs) And I would read Spiritual Nutrition and the Sun Food Diet Success System by Dr. Gabriel Cousins and David Wolf. And um, after 30 days of doing this, I realized that my knees were completely healed. Um, my knees were completely healed. I have an incredible experience where this, this occurred to me. And that was the moment I realized that this was, this was now my path. I literally shifted over from being an athlete because I thought this was just going to help me with my athletic performance. That's why I ended up getting into it. And then I had a complete awakening. I had a consciousness expansion. I realized that most of the people in the world are in some form of mental, emotional, spiritual, and or physical pain and distress. And I really felt like this was the answer. This is, this is the missing piece. And I got to tell you, circling back around after 11 years or so, I still believe largely that this is the missing piece. Because now when I look at our diet world now, it's swung to such an extreme of animal-centric diets meat-centric diets, butter-centric diets, whatever, paleo, carnivore, all this stuff. And it's a complete departure from anything that actually makes sense and anything that's actually sustainable and anything that has anything to do with consciousness itself. And so I realize that this education and this awareness and this knowledge needs to be brought back into the form that I originally received it um, in the transformative form, in the real true education. A couple things that I think are very interesting that I want to point out as we continue this flow together 
Um, part of the, the research I started studying, as I got deeper into this, I realized that I needed to become a professional nutritionist. I needed to study nutrition as a focus, as a profession. I didn't want to just go out there and start talking about this stuff without any kind of like foundational understanding of mineralogy, nutrition, all the different diverse pieces of the puzzle. I was very, very inspired by David Wolf in particular, his infectious enthusiasm, his charisma, this idea of having the best day ever all the time, this idea that what you eat affects your personality, it affects your, your ability to be optimistic, your ability to be happy, this idea that the subtle energies of your food become your mind. The subtle energies of your food become your mind. And this idea that your psychology is directly affected by the quality of the food that you put into your body every single day. And there is actually a scientific correlation between alkalinity and positivity and acidity and negativity. When we eat too much acidic food, our psychology becomes more rigid we're not able to think outside the box. We're weighed down and there's less blood flow and oxygen going to the brain. And we become more pessimistic by nature. The more alkalinity that we have in our body, the more blood flow, the more oxygen and hydrogen that's going to the brain and the tissues and the extremities, the less inflammation that's in the body the more life force energy and biophotonic energy, concentrated sunlight that's coming into our body through the foods that we take in, the more positivity, enthusiasm, and optimism that we have, and the more creativity that we have in our life. This is this is a this was a very obvious correlation for me because I had that experience. I had that direct experience. Not only was I seeing that, I had that experience. All the people that I saw that were like on the paleo-ish diet, there was something off. There was more of a density. There was more of a rigid kind of energy there. Um, and then people, not so much the vegan movement because that's, that's something we will talk about later. L raw veganism and veganism – it's not really the same thing. Veganism in of itself is a multi-dimensional a multi, um, conversation, which in a different podcast in this series, I'm going to be breaking that down. But we're talking about the highest quality experience you can have on a plant-based uh, lifestyle, which is really a high, if not entirely, living food approach which we'll keep, we'll keep going on as we go into the series. We'll keep, we'll keep adding the, the building blocks to this. So I started noticing this, and I started meditating all the, on all these things, and then I started becoming an avid researcher. I started researching every single thing I was interested in when it came to nutrition and it came to longevity. And so two things that I want to mention, scientifically speaking, that were really interesting to me. In the 1930s, there was a doctor by the name of Paul Kuchkoff. Paul Kuchkoff was very interested in, he was interested in a lot of things, but he was basically studying what's called immunology, immunology, um, the study of the immune system and how the immune system works. 
and he conducted over 300 studies to basically discover that there is a difference in how your immune system responds to cooked food and living food. What he found out was that when somebody consumes more than 50% cooked food in ratio to living food, then there is a white blood cell reaction called a leukocytosis that is initiated. A leukocytosis is where your white blood cells of your immune system, they get activated and as if there is a foreign organism, an invasive opportunistic organism, something that is um, counter health to the body and the immune system gets shut, gets, sends out the basically the artillery force to go combat that. This was very fascinating because one of the areas I started studying was the immune system. Um, and so through Paul Kuchkoff's research, I found this very interesting. Now, I want to take this a step further where this isn't really talked about, but in a, in a personal conversation I had with the late Dr. Um, Sheldon, uh, Sheridan, I mean, Jameis Sheridan, who I had the pleasure of speaking on stage with um, about five years ago at a cancer conference that we were both speakers at. He pointed out in his own experimentations, because he he was a raw foodist for about three years, he had some challenges, and then he decided that he wanted to find out, is cooked vegan food actually as bad as everyone says it is? So he ran an experiment using that same model and according to him, he said that that is only true if we're talking about cooked animal food. He said that he did the blood, the blood panel experiments in his own, his own uh, home, and he had some kind of like cooked vegan cookie or some baked thing, right? And he said that there was no white blood cell reaction. So I don't know if that's entirely true of cooked food across the board. I definitely would say that the rancidified, hydrogenated, or the rancid, oxidized oils that you'll find in vegan vegan foods or non-vegan foods are going to contribute to that, no doubt about it. So that's what we need to be careful when it comes to these processed foods, particularly these oxidized, rancidified oils that are in almost all processed foods, vegan or not. But the point he made was very interesting. So for sure, there does seem to be a leukocytosis or white blood cell reaction when we take in cooked food. Now, what Paul Kuchkoff discovered was that when you have at least 50% or more raw food in proportion to whatever cooked foods you have, there is no white blood cell reaction. Apparently, the living food, particularly the salad, I would say, seems to buffer um, or mitigate that immune system response. So that's very fascinating. Another thing that I thought was really interesting is that in the 1950s at the Max Planck Institute of Science, they discovered that when you cook a piece of steak, automatically upon cooking and heat treating, 50% of the amino acids are rendered unusable, unavailable, and basically carcinogenic to the body. Now, this is very interesting because one of the biggest things that you'll come across um, on a plant-based diet, or what I came across anyways, was the whole idea around protein. 
Now, we can talk more about protein in a different episode, but that I got over that really quickly after that research came to bear and what now I know about amino acids and protein. And actually, you don't want to cook protein at all. Any form of cooked protein is absolutely useless and it puts a burden on the kidneys and the liver and actually can, can create hardening of the body tissues because the undigested protein molecules um, are, not, are not usable. So if your kidney gets backed up trying to process all that stuff, then you can develop protein deposits in the physical tissues of your body and create this leathery kind of braille, uh, t- kind of calcified tissue which we'll talk about in another episode. So this was all just very, very powerful things that I was uh, being made aware. And so I guess, you know, living foods for me has always felt like the foundation of everything. No matter how much I've experimented with different approaches, I've experimented with different things, living foods has always felt like the foundation of all nutritional approaches because it's it living foods is what was here before everything else. You know, we were not born attached to, to microwaves and, and ovens and stoves and toasters and all these different cooking devices and heat treatment devices. We didn't have this. What we had was wild food intuition, wild food intuition. We had the intuition to forage wild food, in particular plant-based food, because it's a lot easier to sneak up on a on um, lettuce or it's a lot easier to sneak up on a bush of wild berries than it is to sneak up on, uh, you know, whatever, an ox or a moose or a deer or something, right? Um, and that's a whole other subject, you know, when we talk about ancestral diets, because a lot of these ancestral diets um, are not exactly realistic. They, they are philosophized and theorized from the perspective of the 21st century and what we think our ancestors were doing, but without taking into account that our ancestors' entire dietary routine was based 100% on survival. It was based 100% on the constraints of their environment, what they had available to them and what they could access, and it was all survival-based. They didn't have stores. They didn't have farmer's markets. They didn't have what we have now, so it's impossible to put ourselves in their shoes accurately. So we need to understand where a lot of these things come from and just get back to common sense. Common sense is not so common but that's exactly what we need to get back to. And living foods, by the way, actually gets you back to common sense pretty quickly. It, it, and one of, the, one of the powerful things about a live food approach is that it helps cleanse and detox all the gunk in the body, right? Because here, here's a perspective that we all need to realize. Throughout our life, we have taken in building blocks in the form of food and we've constructed our entire body tissue matrix, our cells, our microbiome, our nervous system, the myelin sheet that insulates the nervous system, our brain tissue, um, ever, all the fluids in our body have all been constructed based on the 
foods that we've consumed. So what we have to do is we actually have to clean out the body and clean out the aberrant materials, the obstructive materials that our body has used as building blocks in the place of something that actually makes sense and clear out all that residual material and all that gunk so we can basically rebuild at a clean slate. Living foods is the ultimate reset button. It's the ultimate reset button, and it will lead you down a path of consciousness about what food really is and the subtle energies that exist in food. If you're eating cooked food all the time, you, you don't have those subtle energies. You don't have the subtle instinctual awareness. You don't have the sensory acuity that happens when you get off cooked food and you stay on, lit, on fruits and vegetables and superfoods and tonic herbs. The sensory acuity that happens in your salivary cavity and your tongue that opens up is completely different because the cooked food numbs our senses. It numbs our digestive intuition. So you can constantly be eating, 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 shoveling yourself like we do on Thanksgiving or Christmas or something, and you'll never get the sensory acuity that tells you to stop. The time people stop is when they're full. You never, ever want to keep shoveling food down your throat until you're full because then you have exceeded your capacity to digest, assimilate, and metabolize that food. You lose stomach acid over time when you have too much cooked food and you throw off your entire pH balance and you're not able to actually extract the amino acids, the fatty acids in the certain sugars and different micronutrients like minerals and trace minerals, um, you're not able to extract those things effectively. So we become malnourished, but we become overfed. And this is the plight of our civilization and especially the cooked and processed food paradigm is that we're overfed and undernourished. Living food teaches you about what you really truly need, what your body really needs at any given time, right? What living, you know, the different pathways that I became aware of in the healing arts because of living foods was fasting, intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting before it became a thing, before it was popular, I was doing this, but I didn't realize what I was doing because I was eating a diet primarily of fruits and vegetables, nuts, seeds, fermented foods, um, sprouted grasses, grass powders, superfoods, green algae, um, you know, things of this nature. And um, I ended up getting onto mostly a liquid protocol. And that's also another thing about, about living food is that it's mostly water. Fruits and vegetables are mostly water. So they hydrate your body. And that water is concentrated information of that plant, of that fruit or vegetable that's incubating in a water cellulose form. And when you chew the food, you masticate it and you further liquefy it and then take it into your body. The problem with cooked food is that it's been dehydrated. There's no water in the food. So all cooked food inevitably will dehydrate the body by its very nature because in order for you to digest, assimilate, and metabolize any food, it has to be liquefied. It has to be turned into a liquid because we are liquidarians 
in our most optimized form. We are not solid fooditarians. In our most optimized form, we're liquidarians. So you'll find as you go down this path and you optimize yourself and you hydrate your body, you'll become more of a liquidarian. You'll drink more liquids, more, more spring water, teas, green vegetable juices, superfood, green powder drinks, um, herbal infusions, decoctions, herbal teas, elixirs, smoothies, um, you know, green, green smoothies, whatever it is. These, you start to enjoy liquid more because what living food does is it lightens the load. Solid food, um, dehydrate, even raw. So this is the thing with raw food, like raw and living food. Living food, again, has life force in it. And it's easy to, to assimilate. It's immediate. It has levitational, energetic vibration to it. Raw food, like dehydrated crackers or dehydrated brownies or something, those are great. Those are great snacks. Um, there's protein and, and fiber and fat in it, and that's all good. But if you do too much of that, you will dehydrate yourself because they that food has been dehydrated, right? It's an upgraded form that takes a little less um, power, a little less acid power to process than most of the food that people are used to. But make no mistake, it still has a dehydrating effect. And one of the keys to longevity and health and healing is hydration and keeping water content in the tissues. So we don't want to constantly be dehydrating ourselves all the time. We want to be on as much liquid food as possible because that liquid, those, those liquid-based foods, they have more viable information in them, right? We're going to have to do an entire episode just on water because that that's a deep dive. And I'd love to get more into that with you and understand what water really is and how water stores the information, the energetic information of whatever incubates inside of it. So if you take a glass of water and you put lemongrass in it, or you put uh, peppermint or mint or um, gynostemma or some other type of herb or, or plant, some leaf or something, um, even crystals, you put salt in there, it's going to take on the energetic of that. And now that water becomes more than just H2O. Now that water it has the information of it. So when you drink the water, you're getting all that biologically uploadable information right into your cells, right into your body, and you're literally remaking yourself out of that. So that's critically important. There's so many things we could continue to talk about with this topic. I think this is probably a good place to start concluding uh, the Living Foods 101. Again, I didn't have any notes didn't have any structure really just wanted to flow right into this with all of you there's still so much i could talk about there's so much we could talk about around enzymes around prebiotics and probiotics around minerals and trace minerals um you know really breaking down the vegetable kingdom and the fruit kingdom and the nut and seed kingdom the fermented food kingdom the grasses all the great, you know, the kamut grass, the barley grass, the alfalfa grass, the wheat grass, all that kind of stuff. There's so much we could continue to talk about. 
what I really recommend is if you want to go a lot deeper into this, then you should probably enroll into my online holistic nutrition certification program, the Holistic Health Mastery Program, because I do break this all down into detail for you. That is the best program on the internet to get the best education on holistic health from all different perspectives, particularly the foundation of raw living foods. So uh, you can check more information about that. But anyways, yeah, this this is fun. This is our first first episode together. Really excited. Finally got this out. Finally got this together. Jeez, it, this has been this has been brewing inside of me for months. Literally, I've been waiting months just to get this stuff out, and uh, I'm glad I did. So, um, there's more to come. We got a lot lot more to talk about. Um, if you don't do the course right away and you want to go deeper into this, I say go on Amazon or go on my website, RonnieLandis.net. Get both of my books. Get the Holistic Health Mastery Program and get the Inner Alchemy Youthening Program because both books really, really talk about everything that we're talking about, but they come at it from different angles. They're written a little bit differently, but they're some of the best books and foundations on this subject in the world, by far, in the world. I, 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 I would, I would say that again, you know, not to, not versus anything else out there, but as far as updated and upgraded for the time that we live in, and also accounting for the foundation. You know, I talked, I talked a little bit about the foundation of natural hygiene, which is more of the reductionist, very minimalist. Um, raw food approach of the the 50s, 60s, and 70s. You know what I didn't talk about. What maybe I'll, I'll talk about right now, just in short, because I find it really fascinating and really important. Um, you know, we talk about we could we, we could talk about things like the mucusless diet approach um, by Arnold Eret. What an incredible foundation that was and that is. And, you know, people like Johnny Love Wisdom, which were more in like the fruitarian world. And then going back to Ann Wigmore, who in the 1940s or 50s pioneered the original Hippocrates Health Institute that's now been taken over by Brian Clement and uh, his wife and others. And they and she really she was an incredible, incredible woman from uh, it's not Lebanon, but um. Uh, it's 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 it starts with an L. It's it's on the tip of my my mind. But anyways, Anne Wigmore, she really brought the magic of wheatgrass juicing and wheatgrass enemas to everybody. You know, Max Gerson and Charlotte Gerson, the Gerson therapy, um, in the early 1900s. You know, when I talk about all, and all the way up to you know, Doctor Gabriel Cousins, who's a mentor. He's a colleague. He's someone that I probably could. Uh, I don't know if I'd call him a friend, but I definitely call him a colleague and someone we've had many, many conversations with. We've done three interviews together just on this this podcast. Um, you know, in the Tree of Life, he's one of the most successful doctors in the world when it comes to treating, managing, and curing type two diabetes, and also working with type one diabetics. And one of the the most profound. Um, prolific living foods advocates in the world. And, you know, he's 70 something years old and the guy is an absolute mystic and master, an absolute master of the human experience. Unbelievable, you know, and then more modern day like David Avocado Wolf and, and, and many, many others. 
So for me, when I talk about living foods, I'm not just espousing some idea I heard about, you know, a couple months ago or had some experience. Like we're talking about over a decade of not only research, not only my own experience, but studying the history of where this came from, studying where this came from, studying the journey that Living Foods has made just through North America and all around the world, all over Europe, and also the journey that it's taken me on and all the rabbit holes, the alchemy, the, the, the trips into more alchemical perspectives on nutrition and health and soil regeneration. And one of the greatest things I'll say in closing about Living Foods besides the benefit on your your health and your vitality, is that I've never seen any single lifestyle have such a dramatic and transformative effect on so many people across the board so immediately. I've never seen any seminar, any workshop, any personal development program, online course, um, any supplement, any pill, any hypnosis, anything whatsoever, have such a transformative, revolutionary, consciousness, expansive effect on so many people across the board as stepping into living foods and getting into cleansing and detox and purifying and fasting and juice cleansing and superfood nutrition and minimizing animal um animal foods or animal agriculture and also I've never seen so many people be so deeply affected by it that they've actually gone into nature themselves and in closing I'll say this and I'm sure I'll talk deeper about it in a future episode in order to know if a nutrition approach is legitimate or not not just for your physical body but for your consciousness and for like full for for actual transformative value does this approach take me closer to nature or does it keep me further away from nature living foods brings people into nature spring water hunting brings people into nature <clears throat> this is the most important thing of this is that it's not it's not about being disconnected from nature in a city going to your local health food store and getting hybridized bread, mineral deficient, raw food. Like that's a great starting point. That's that's a place where it starts, right? And, you know, seedless bananas and seedless watermelon and oranges and apples and seedless grapes and that kind of thing. I would, I would advise you don't do that. I advise you only eat seeded fruit, you know, because you become what you eat. You are what you eat. You don't want to be seedless. So you want the full vitality of the food that you're taking in. In order to do that, in order to get that, you have to actually get out of the shopping market health food store environment and you have to get closer to nature to find the real food. Go to your farmer's market. Start talking to your farmers. Where are they getting their food? When was the, when was the produce picked? When was the fruit picked? How, you know, ask questions. Learn about it. Ask questions. Understand where your food is coming from. I originally left the U.S. to go to the big island of Hawaii. I had been wanting to for years. And I 
about five and a half years ago or so, whatever it's been, I left Los Angeles. <clears throat> I took a one-way ticket over to the Big Island of Hawaii. I spent three months on a 44-acre permaculture farm. The reason I went there is because I knew they had the food that I wanted. They had the most mineral-rich, diverse, exotic, superfood foods that I always knew that existed, but I had never had a direct experience outside of maybe having some kind of cacao powder. I had never at that time been experienced to the actual cacao fruit that comes from the pod. And I then had an experience growing cacao and planting those seeds and watching it grow and making chocolate from the not just bean to bar, but tree to bar. And I developed a relationship with my environment. I developed an intuitive sensory awareness of the ripeness of the fruit growing on the trees around me. I got into climbing trees. I got into being in that environment. And that's what healed me. That's what transformed me. It wasn't just the food, but it was where the food took me was the real transformational effect. And now when I go back into a city, um, I see the reality. I see what the truth is. The city is the lie. Nature is the truth. And the only way to get us back there truly is through this kind of approach. Because the food takes you somewhere. If the nutrition approach that you're adopting doesn't take you somewhere other than where you are, then it's an illusion. It's the wrong approach. And that's what I'll say about the power of living foods is that I guarantee if you stick with this path and you learn about it and you educate yourself and you dedicate yourself to it, it will take you somewhere completely different than where you are. It'll take you on an odyssey of your own life destiny. And then the best day ever that David said so many years and I've personally adopted and owned within myself will come alive for you and you'll experience highs like you've never experienced. You'll experience, your lows will get higher and higher. The more alkaline you get, the more mineralized you get and balanced you get inside your own body chemistry, you will become the, what you're meant to be and what you're capable of being. And I've never seen anything that has such transformative effect as this lifestyle and this approach. So thank you for taking a journey with me here. I appreciate it. This is so much fun for me. And uh, this is just the start. We have so much more to go. So again, thank you. And I look forward to continuing this journey on the solo series. The next video or the next uh, podcast episode is going to be Superfoods 101. We're going to go deep into Superfoods. And I'm going to share my personal experience and also my top 10 favorite superfoods that you can immediately start applying into your lifestyle. Peace and blessings.